Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to Nancy's Psychic View on the High Road to Humanity. And all the way from Ireland, we have Maurice Cutterell back with us. And welcome back to the show, Maurice. Thank you. I'm so excited he's here. I'm going to read his bio in a second. You know, today, but I'm going to give you a little, a little clue of what we're going to be talking about. In this show, Maurice is going to explain how Leonardo da Vinci left behind a secret six-part stage play encoded into his paintings, okay? So the paintings of Salvatore Mundi, Madonna of the Yarnwinder, and the Mona Lisa, now, the play is titled The Secret Messiah, and he's going to explain in pictures that Leonardo was the reincarnation of Jesus, who visited Earth many times, and it explains how we get to heaven. So this is a really important show that people are going to want to watch and share with their family and their friends, okay? So this is major. This is a big deal. Before I get into it, with Maurice, I do need to bring up Israel and blessings and prayers to the people of Israel. Um, the headline today reads, Israel steps up Gaza offensive as brutality of Hamas attacks laid bare. And this is from CNN. It says Israel has stepped up its offensive in Gaza following the Hamas weekend assault as soldiers who retook the villages from the Islamist group fighters unveiled the brutality that had been meted out to civilians. So at least 1,200 people were killed in Israel and thousands more injured in Hamas. Today is October 11th and there are hostages. They're saying 150 hostages um, in Gaza. And I just want to send prayers and, you know, the best to Israel. And um, I stand with Israel. And uh, Maurice, do you want to say anything about the conflict or do you have any words of wisdom? Well, it it's difficult from my perspective because I believe we're living in hell anyway. So these things are to be expected. And as we'll see once we start to decode the secret Messiah, what I'm what I suspect is true. So we are in hell. The sooner we can escape from hell, we won't have these conflicts going on around us, clearly. Well, and I know that's what um, that what you write about, you know, Maurice has many books, Future Science. I'm holding it up if you're watching me on YouTube. The Heavenly Matchmaker. You know, in 1989, um, he is an engineer and a scientist, but in 1989, <clears throat> he found a way to calculate the duration of long-term magnetic reversal on the sun. He is so he's done so much research. In 2007, he gave a lecture in Nevada, USA, which explained how gravity must work. You guys can pick up his books on his website. In February of 2010, the UK Institute of Engineering and Technology accepted how gravity works in related matters for deposit in their research paper database and explains how electricity and magnetism work together to produce the force of gravity. Um, he's also, of course, I told I talked to you about Future Science, his book that came out in 2011. 
since the publication of How Gravity Works, he has discovered how gravity waves enable tree roots to find their way to water, how anti-gravity harmonics and sunlight fade fabrics and cause skin cancer, and how gravity waves cause the double spiral of hurricane formations, and how gravity waves enable a spider to build its web. And there's just so much information here. 2014, after nine years of research, he discovered the chain um, the chain of causation from stress for irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut syndrome, endocrine burnout, cardiovascular disease, and stroke. And he published a paper, The Leaky Gut Causes of Allergies, Autoimmune, and that's um, with the UK government who passed it on to the UK Department of Health. And it's estimated that the, his discovery will save the UK National Health Service up to $10 billion per year. So in September of 2016, he discovered why all, all objects fall to earth at the same speed and wrote a paper why all, why all bodies fall to earth at the same acceleration and speed. And today he is here to talk about heaven, Leonardo da Vinci and the decoding. And take it away, Maurice. Thank you, Nancy. I'm going to have to uh, just crunch this picture down as we share the screen because I'd like to show some images. So we're tiny now, hopefully, and I'm going to go to my database okay. and uh, bear with me. Okay. No problem. This is really interesting information. Here we go. Okay. So this is the stage play, uh, The Secret Messiah by Leonardo da Vinci, which I uh, recorded, excuse me, decoded over the past two years. And it tells a remarkable story of Leonardo da Vinci he was born in the small town of Vinci, west of Florence in Italy. He lived between 1452 and 1519. He was a painter, sculptor, inventor, scientist, a stage play producer, and he designed, engineered, and constructed many stage sets, as well as direct and choreograph the performances of plays commissioned by his patron, the Duke of Milan. And it was this part of Leonardo's life that must have inspired him to create The Secret Messiah as a stage play, encoded into his paintings for later generations to discover and enjoy for ourselves. What you are about to see is a living miracle, one never seen before by any human being. If you do not believe in God or miracles or heaven, then what follows is not for you. If you do, sit back and watch the mystery unfold. The stage play is set in six parts and coded into three of his oil paintings. Fal Salvatore Mundi on the left, that is the savior of the world, was purchased for $500 million in 2017 in Christie's auction room in New York. It was bought by Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and it's no longer on public view. In the center, you can see Madonna of the Yarn Winder, and on the right, the Mona Lisa. And they're both on public view in the Louvre Museum in Paris. One of the first questions skeptics ask me is, how do you know I'm right? How do you know what you're saying is true? Well, my journey began with the publication of my first book, Astrogenetics, in 1986, which explains how human personality is determined by the sun's radiation. It causes genetic mutations at the time of conception. If you'd like to see more on this, then check out the other interviews I've already made with Nancy. As more of my books were researched, and here's 
a few of them. Uh, I, it, I, I began to understand that the super scientific knowledge was worshipped by all of the ancient sun worshipping civilizations on Earth. It was the Mayas of Mexico, the ancient Egyptians, the Mochica and Incas of Peru, the ancient Chinese and the Celtic peoples of Europe. The second most common question from skeptics is, how could they have known about this knowledge? At first, this perplexed me too. How could us such ostensibly primitive civilizations have understood what modern science is only just beginning to grasp? As my discoveries continued, it became clear I'd made a small and simple mistake. It was not the people of those civilizations at all that understood this super science of the sun. It was only one person from each civilization. In Israel, it was Jesus who walked on the water, turned water into wine, and restored sight to the blind. As I decoded the information they left behind in their treasures, it became clear that all of these miracle makers were incarnations and reincarnations of Jesus. Now, we're going back to the very beginning of our present solar cycle, and the first incarnation of Jesus must have begun with the building of the Great Pyramids in about 2500 BC. And I'll just zoom into this series of pictures. We, we don't know who the miracle maker was who built the pyramids, unfortunately. The next miracle maker we know of is Lord Krishna, who appeared in about 1700 BC in India. India. Now, Lord Krishna means the Christos, the Christ, the anointed one. The next one that came along was Tutankhamen. Tutankhamen means the son of God. And he was around in 30, or about, he died in 1323 BC. I didn't know that, Maurice. That's really interesting. Yeah. The next one, I, I, all of these are my discoveries over the last 30 years or so, was the king of Hochdorf. And he was the king of the Celtic people in Germany in a place called Hochdorf. And his wagon tomb was found. And uh, it contains all sorts of treasures, which, again, fit in with all of these other reincarnations and incarnations of Jesus. Very interesting, this one, because in his tomb was found this statue of the bat god, which is a very interesting god worshipped by the Mexican Maya. And also, we're going to see this in uh, Leonardo's play shortly. Following the king of Hochkotorf, Jesus reincarnated again as the Olmec stone face and the 30-ton Olmec heads, which are found throughout Central America in the Laventa region of the Gulf of Mexico. It's very difficult to date these, so because they're stone. Uh, so we know that they're certainly around 500 BC. And all of these statues and sculptures have secret messages encoded into them. The next incarnation of Lord Krishna was Buddha, and he died in 550 BC in India. Then he was followed by Qin Shi Huang Ti of the Chinese. And uh, Qin Shi Huang Ti means the son of heaven. So again, here we have another refer reference to the son of God or the son of heaven. Then came Jesus. And you may think, well, what's so special about the name Jesus? But it seems to have derived from Qi, Zeus. Qi is godly energy and Zeus is the highest of gods. And the first reference we came to Jesus was in the stable where Mary beheld a vision 
And the angel Gabriel came down and say, said to her, you will give birth to a baby and his name will be called Jesus. Now, he didn't write it down. He spoke it. And I believe it derives from Jesus, she Zeus. Next to, oh, and don't forget, or let me explain, that Jesus left behind the Holy Grail, which encodes all of his knowledge, and the Tara brooch, which encodes all the knowledge of King Arthur and the journey of the Grail, and it explains how the Grail came to Ireland. And I wrote a book on this in 2006 called The Celtic Chronicles. Then two gods appeared in Central America, excuse me, in South America, in Peru. The first was Viracocha, about, uh, excuse me, Viracocha Pachacamac, about AD 290. And this is a reconstruction of Viracocha Pachacamac, which means from the Quechua language, God of the world. And there was another tomb in the same complex, which I'll show you in a second. And this was occupied by another tall white god who was known as Viracocha. And this was good 300 years later. And uh, Viracocha means foam of the sea. Now, the reason he was called foam of the sea is because he was a perfect being. And we are only perfect when we are in the foam of the sea. That is when we are in contact with the earth, the air, the fire and the water. If we, if we go into the water, we lose contact with the earth. If we go onto the sand, we lose contact with the water. So the perfect being is said to live his life in the foam of the sea, with the air, the earth, the fire, the water. And that's why he's depicted by this crab. And this crab man was found in the tomb of Viracocha in Peru in 1987 when they discovered the tombs. And I'll show you uh, uh, some more pictures of that in a second. Now, he was followed uh, by St. Aidan, who wrote the Lindisfarne Gospels in Britain. And uh, he, he produced the Lindisfarne Gospels, and he died in AD 655, and he reappeared, reincarnated as Lord Paykal. Now, all of these dates and information are all contained in all of the treasures. So it's not conjecture, it's not make-believe. This is all wonderful information, and it's all available on all of my, uh, in all of my books. Lord Paykal, because he was one of the most recent, he didn't die until 694, he left behind a lot of information. Uh, one of them was in his tomb in the pyramid, which is the amazing lid of Palenque in central Mexico. Another was the mosaic mask of Palenque, which is also found in his tomb. Another was the sun shield of Monte Olban, which he left behind the duration of sunspot cycles in a very scientific way. Another one was the mural of Bonampak, so he left behind... Uh, secret stories in the paintings, not just the carvings. And another one was Lord Paykal's stone face, which was only found about five years ago in Palenque in uh, the ceremonial center of the Maya in central Mexico. Wow. He was followed by somebody in the Gothic age around in the 12th century. We don't quite know who this miracle maker was, he, we know he built the Gothic cathedrals or designed them and the rose windows with stained glass throughout Europe. But that's, we have very little information on a specific person. Okay. The person who came after him was Pachacuti Inca Yupanqui in uh, Machu Picchu in Peru. And he encoded his information in all kinds of uh, ways uh, in the lines of Nazca, uh, 
excuse me, the lines of Nazca were found in Peru, but they were left by his uh, predecessor for a cotcha. Pachacuta Inca Yupancut, who came later in 1440, left behind all kinds of information, which again, very complex and we need to move on because it would take about 16 hours to explain it all, all together. Has that been decoded, Maurice, that information from, from the... All of this has been decoded and it's all in my books. Okay. In fact, if you go to the lost tomb of Viracocha, everything about Peru is in there. And this is the two uh, the two foot high gold crab man that was found in the tomb. And he's got human legs and feet, but he's got the body of a crab. And in Peru... There's uh, in 1987, they discovered a tomb complex made out of mud brick, which had been there uh, hundreds, well, thousands of years, 1,600 years. And it's built of mud brick, washed away now with the uh, thousand, hundreds of years of rain, washed the bricks away. This is what it, an artist's impression of what it looked like in the beginning. Wow. In the tomb complex, there were several layers of pyramids. At the top of the tomb, was found a tomb of a priest and also the tomb of Viracocha Pachacamac, the god of the world. Now, if we zoom into that one, we can see he was buried with all kinds of uh, sacrificial uh, servants and so on. And all, all of this has been decoded. And all of that, as I say, is all in the lost tomb of Viracocha, which came out in 2001. So I've moved on a long way since then. Yes. And you guys, his website is mauricecutterell.com, and you can find all these books and information there. Just looking at the tomb complex, there was another. Uh, Viracocha's tomb was found at the bottom. Uh, this is a crab man's tomb. Uh, and this is this one here. And... Uh, in uh, Viracocha Pachacamac at the top here is a picture of a reconstruction from the museum in Lima. And it shows him with a bat mask over his face. This is very important when we start to decode Leonardo da Vinci's work. Because the bat mask is a god of death and he wears that across his face. So there are thousands of all sorts of treasures in his tomb. It's a bit like Tutankhamun's tomb. Very few people know very much about it, but it's all in... The uh, the uh, uh, the uh, lost him for a culture. Yeah. So now we move on to the work of Leonardo, and now we're in a better position to understand what he's trying to tell us. For example, we, if we see a crab, we know he's trying to tell us about the culture of Peru. If we see a bat mask, we know he's trying to tell us about Viracocha Pachacamac, who wore a bat mask in Peru. So now we're bringing all of this information from all of my books together. Now, this took me 10 months to decode the pictures, excuse me, and then another year and a half to get the pictures in the right order, realize that it was a stage play, and then allow the play to unfold so that it becomes a historical document, which is as equally as important as the Christian Bible. And there's no doubt about this. And there's a lot of people trying to stop this information get out. Maybe I'll touch on that later. Maurice, can I, I just want to really quickly, uh, if you would tell the audience how you even discovered this or how you even came up with this idea that there were uh, messages that Leonardo was trying to well, tell I us. started off. I started off with the Mayas in 19, 
about 1993 when I went down to Palenque, and it took me several years to break the codes of the Mayas. Once I'd broken the codes, I could see all of their secret pictures and all of their treasures. And uh, once I'd come through all of this work over the years, I then could, I couldn't understand why so many wonderful religious paintings of Jesus appeared in Florence and uh, Milan uh, during the Renaissance in Italy in about 1520 or thereabouts. So I started to look at the Renaissance paintings and I used the same decoding method I'd used on the Mayas. And so as soon as I started to look, look at the paintings of Leonardo with all of the background information that I've got than previous works, I instantly saw pictures I'd seen with the Mayas, the Incas, the Mochicas, Tutankhamun, and uh, the Qin Shi Huangdi of China, all of these ancient miracle makers. Okay. Thanks. So the first painting is, uh, and I'm not going to go through, it's too far too much information here to go through them all. There's, it's a play in six parts. One, two, three, four, five, six. The first two parts are with Salvator Mundi, the uh, saviour of the world. The next three parts are Madonna of the Yarnwinder. And the final part is with the Mona Lisa. So I'll just briefly touch on these. But the main part of the talk will be about this one, because parts two and three, sorry, three, four and five, they tell us that Jesus died on the cross, that he, he wore a crown of thorns. Uh, he was born before as Rocaccia in Peru. It tells us all the information we need to know. The earlier scenes are really just introductions, which allow us to familiarize ourselves with the characters and the pet play. And that's why I've put this illustration as a program guide. It's actually a program guide. If you go to the theater, you buy a program guide for a dollar. It tells you Act one, who's in act one, scene one, who's in act two, scene two, who's in act three, who's in act four, who's in act five, what act five is all about, who's in act six. So you can look at the programme, it gives you a good idea of what the play's all about when you go into the theatre, then you wait for the curtains to open. So I've put together this programme, but this was a very difficult thing to do, because I had to put them all in order, otherwise the story didn't begin at the beginning, go through the middle and finish at the end, which of course every story needs to do. So... I was able to break the code of Salvatore Mundi because he carries a crystal ball in his left hand. And the crystal ball has three dots on it. Now, I've actually enhanced these three dots for the purposes of this talk. But you can see on the original quite clearly that there are three dots here. Now, Salvatore Mundi uh, tells us with these three dots here that he wants us, I'll decode it for you, he wants us to put the three dots on top of each other. So what we have to do is we take the painting here. This is a painting of Salvatore Mundi. This is a painting. These, these are the three dots, one, two, three. He tells us to flip this one 40 degrees. He then tells us to make a mirror image. He then tells us to put the red dots on top of the red dots. So we finish up with this pattern. And I've put these two lines in because I know it refers to the Christian cross. Mm -hmm. When we do that, when we follow these instructions, we come out with a picture of a blind mouse, a mouse rubbing his eyes. And what the mouse is trying to tell us is he's a blind mouse, which is a bat. So this is the story of the bat. Now, this is a bat god. Uh, this is a 25-piece jade figure from a tomb in Monte Olban in Central America from about 700 AD, left behind by the Maya. So I know what the bat god looks like. 
Also, in the same picture, when we decode it, we come out with Viracocha, the crab, and I'll show you more on that later because in this scene, it's upside down, so it's a bit difficult to show you. So he introduces us to the bat god, Viracocha, the bat god of Mexico, and again, too much information to talk about. Now we move on to scene number two. Act one, scene two. Now we look at the dots, but we rotate them in a different way. Now we rotate them horizontally. So we get one, we rotate the dots clockwise by 87 degrees. Now I had to work this out and it takes a long time. I had to take a, tran a transparency of this painting in my hand and another transparency, put one on top of the other, move them together, and that's the way to break the code. Now, skeptics will argue that they didn't have transparencies. They didn't have what we call acetates or what you call in America, mylars. Right. But they had two sides of the brain and these were miracle makers. They could put this painting in one side of their brain Salvatore Mundi in the left hemisphere, then they close their eyes, flip the painting and lodge it in the second hemisphere of the brain, the mirror image, and then put one image on top of the other, move them about to get these secret pictures that we're seeing now with a computer. We couldn't have done this before 1993 before the computer arrived. Right. And that's and here are the transparencies, you guys, that he used in order to do this, to kind of give you an idea of how this worked. Does, that, does this help a little bit, Maurice? It does. Yes. Okay. And th this uh, three sets of transparencies in the book, The Secret Messiah, it's actually a book box. You open the box and inside there's a series of cards. It was the best way for me to describe it, where every card goes through scene one, Sorry, act one, scene one, act one, scene two, act two, scene one, act two, scene two, act three, scene one, and yeah. so on. Right. And uh, uh, as you can see, Nancy's holding them up there. These are the different cards inside the box, which has all, all of this information in. But on the computer, we'll see in, in infinite detail that this cannot be wrong. Now, this second picture the secret dots have to be aligned in this way. And this produces the trident of Neptune. Now, I'm afraid the computer's gone into backup, so it's, it's, it's going to be busy for a second now, or a minute or so. So I'll, I'll talk about some other things. I can see the little thing going around there. Well, you so can talk fun. about the trident of Neptune. and what Yeah, I will. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So if you like, the computer's frozen for a minute because this is a very, very large file and there's dozens and dozens of pages and it decides to back up on its own now and again. So we have the trident of Neptune here. And when we zoom into this picture, which I can't do right now, uh, what we finish, what we see is a picture of Neptune. And he was the god of the magical and mystical, the god of the oceans. And on top of his head, we have Janus. And Janus was a Celtic god, actually, and a Roman god. And uh, his name was given to January, the month of January, because January, uh, we look forward to the, the future in hope and we can look forward to the past very often with sadness. So Janus was the god who looked forwards and backwards. And there's uh, a stone statue of Janus in Ireland on the border between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. And uh, it's known as Janus. And uh, he's been there, I believe, since about AD 20. So I believe Jesus came to Ireland in around AD 20, left the statue of Janus behind in Ireland for very specific reasons. 
because he wanted us to re find the Holy Grail and the Tara brooch, which is the sword of King Arthur. So this one, uh, again, it tells us lots and lots of things. And again, it would take a great deal of time to go through it. The next scene is Madonna of the Yarnwinder. This is Act 2, Scene 1. And when we put the uh, take, a, we don't need alignment markers anymore now. So now, we, because we know how the decoding process works, we can go to another painting of Leonardo. Now we understand how the decoding process works. So here we have Madonna of the Yarnwinder. Now, Jesus, and I'll show you this in more detail when we can zoom in. Jesus is looking at uh, a yarnwinder. Now, a yarnwinder is a, a stick with two crosses on it. And uh, when the, the yarn comes off the spinning wheel, in, in a thread, it's wound onto a yarn winder. So you hold a stick and you, you wind it around the yarn winder in a figure eight. And this is so that the thread doesn't become all tangled up. So they wind it into what they call skines or loops. And what we see here is Jesus is looking at uh, the, the cross on the yarn winder and he's contemplating his own crucifixion. There's a few curious things about this picture which don't make sense. For example, Mary is trying to restrain the child Jesus with her right hand, but the child is nowhere near Mary. And not only that, he's leaning the opposite direction. So it's a curious thing as to why the hand is in midair the way it is. Another curious thing is, as we'll zoom into shortly, is that the mountain, the, the, the painting has a sort of translucent look about it. The mountains seem to carry on between, uh, through the head of the Mona Lisa and then through to the mountains on the other side. And it's not quite certain why uh, her forehead is very bright. We'll see that in a few minutes. And it's because uh, she's got a veil on her head and it goes around her head, but it's not altogether clear what's keeping the veil on her forehead. So when we decode this one, Madonna of the Yarnwinder, this is Act 2, Scene 1, what we come out with is, at first, completely unintelligible uh, pictures. Now, this... OK, we're back in business now. Now I can zoom into this one. Now, what we see is this picture here doesn't make much sense. So just to recap how I decoded it. First of all, I took a picture of Madonna of the Yarnwinder. This is a picture. And I rotated it 45 degrees to the left. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that because this is the same decoding process used by the Mayas in Mexico. So I understand how to decode them. So then, once I decode, once I rotated it 45 degrees, I then had to take a mirror image and rotate it, uh, flip it, and get another copy. So now I've got two copies. One is the mirror image, and one is the original. And this is why Leonardo wrote his handwriting backwards. He wrote it backwards to tell us about this encoding process, to use this kind of routine in order to see the secret pictures in his paintings. And he knew we wouldn't be able to do it, like you said, until now. He knew we wouldn't be able to do it until we had a computer, because he could do it in his brain. He could put one image, if you like, 
if you look at my eye, he could look at the image with his left eye and close his eye and put that image in the left-hand side of his brain. He could then look at this image, take a flip it image, look at that one in his right eye, keep that in the right side of his brain. He could then put one on top of the other and move them about inside his brain because he was a miracle maker. Leonardo was the reincarnation of Jesus, as we will discover. That's not what I say. This is what he says in these paintings. Now, if we look here, at first, it's very difficult for you to figure out what's going on here. But I know I just get on with it. I don't worry about what it might be. What I, I know how to decode these. And I simply start drawing a line around the outline of whatever I can see, because it's just too co complex for my brain to understand. So I draw a line around everything like this. And then I look at the lines and I get rid of the picture itself. And what I come out with then is this secret picture on this particular scene, okay? And this particular scene from Madonna of the Yarnwinder, this painting, is Act Two, Scene One. And this is the introduction to the story, the secrets of Madonna of the Yarnwinder, the cow and the monkey. That's what I've called it. So when I zoom into this now, I know this is a story of the cow and the monkey. Now, just move that up so you can see the monkey, and he's got the cross of the, of the, of the crucifixion over his head. Mm. Now, again, this contains all kinds of wonderful information, and uh, it tells us a secret story about who, who, uh, who or what Leonardo was and who Jesus was, and... Uh, how we can get to heaven. And again, I'm going to run out of time if I don't carry on. So I'm going to get to the pictures I'm going to explain in detail. I'll explain the next scenes, for ex example, act two, scene two, and uh, act number three, the finale, and it's a stage play, and act number four, the epilogue. I'll explain all of these now because it takes a long time to explain this, I'm sure. Well, Maurice, take your time, because this is really important information, so don't feel it, like you have to, you know. Sure. Now, if we look at Madonna of the Yarnwinder here, first of all, I've got to decode it, as I've done with all of the others. So I decode it, and Madonna of the Yarnwinder, I have to tilt her left by 17 degrees. Then I have to take the mirror image at 17 degrees. Then I have to make the mirror image 50% transparent. Then I have to put the transparency on top of the original. And then I come out with this picture here. Mm -hmm. Just have to zoom out a little bit. Now that's a very complex picture and it was complex for me, very, very complex. So now I have to decode it. So, I have to draw lines around everything first, which is like that. Now, I can see things there that you probably can't see. So I'll go to the next one now, once it's been decoded. What we have there, by the way, is a twin, two twins. We've got, it looks like Mary in the background, who's given birth to two twins. And we've got a crab with human legs. And I know that is Viracocha because I looked at his tomb earlier. It's one of the books I wrote called uh, The Lost Tomb of Viracocha. So taking away the, the lines and, and zooming into the picture again and simplifying it slightly, we'll see it slightly better now.
Okay, so here we have what looks like Mary giving birth to twins. The twins are pointing to the, the morning star in the heavens and the evening star. That's the planet Venus, the planet of love. Mm. I've, I've uh, collared in Mary's skirt so you can see that the two babies are coming from her womb. And also now we have a crab with human legs. That's coming from the room, the womb. And this is telling us that the twins and Viracocha, that's Viracocha, the foam of the sea. Uh, and this was from this painting when we put the painting on top of itself. Uh, Mary gave birth to the, the twin star, Venus, and Viracocha, the crab. Now, if we have a look at, zoom into this bit now, that's there. What we see is there's actually a bead, a bead on top of uh, Mary's head. And what we realize is that we've got to cut away some of the hair on the top of the head to make sense of what's going on. I'll just go out. And what we find now is this is actually a picture of Jesus, this bit. So Mary becomes Jesus. Mary gives birth to the morning star and the evening star. Now, the nickname of Jesus in the Bible is called the morning star and the evening star, the planet Venus, because sometimes you see Venus in the morning when it's on the left-hand side of the sun, and sometimes you see Venus in the evening when it's on the right-hand side of the sun. So it's called the morning star and the evening star. So I'll just go to the next frame. This is amazing, by the way, Maurice. Thank you for it doing It is that. beautiful. Yes. Now, here we have Madonna of the Yarnwinder. This is a picture we're looking at right now. And this is a stage play that in, by Leonardo. We saw the first, we've seen Act 1, Scene 1, Act 1, Scene 2. Now we're on to Act 2, Scene 2. So these are secrets of the Madonna of the Yarnwinder. Now, what we know is that uh, when Venus is on the right-hand side of the sun, she's known as the evening star. And when Venus is on the left-hand side of the sun, she's known as the morning star. So if you were to take a telescope and look at the sun, but cover the sun up so you don't blind your eyes, and you saw Venus, then she would twinkle brightly like a star in the sky. Venus is the brightest star in the sky. Right. If you looked at the sun again, 292 days later, Venus would have traveled around the sun and it would be on this side of the sun. So sometimes we see Venus as the sun rises when she's on the right-hand side of the sun, and that's when Venus is known as the morning star. Sometimes when Venus is over here on the left-hand side of the sun, on the left of the sun, we only see Venus when the sun goes down, the sky goes dark, and we can see Venus twinkling away. So Venus is known as a morning star and the evening star. Right. And in the Bible, the last page of the Bible, about three verses from the end, Jesus says, I, Jesus, am the bright and morning star. It's the last page of the Bible in the book of Revelations. Right. He's, so he's the bright and the morning star. The bright star is Venus in the morning, and the evening star is Venus in the evening. It's only one Venus. It's a planet, but we call it a star because it's so bright. Sometimes we see it in the morning. Sometimes we see it in the evening. And there's 292 days between each one. So now we go back on to Madonna of the Yarnwinder. And I'm going to show you. Uh, 
I'm going to show you now that originally what we have in Madonna of the Yarnwinder is a female hold, giving birth to the two babies, Viracocha and the crab. But then Mary, the, the mother Mary, becomes Jesus once we cut back the hair and look for the soul, the soul coming out of the top of the head, which is there. Amazing. Now I'm going to show you a video, and I'll be as quickly as, as quick as I can, because this all takes time, as I'm sure you appreciate. I'm just going to crunch this image down, and I'm going to go to uh, this one. Maurice, thank, thank you for doing this. This is just amazing. That's what? okay. Now, this is the uh, Madonna of the Yarnwinder by uh, Leonardo da Vinci. It shows what we've already discussed. Jesus looking at the Yarnwinder, Mary holding Jesus. And I'm just going to go forward a bit more quickly now because it raises questions. Why does the right hand of Mary... Uh, try to hold the child back when he's not touch she's not touching him. Uh, why does the child gaze at the crucifixion when it's too long? And once we start asking all these questions, we come out to different scenes. And I'm just going to go forward a bit. Now, hang on a sec. What we have to do is follow the decoding principles Put one on top of the other. Mm. And here we have the picture of Mary holding the twins, the twin star Venus, the morning star and the evening star, with Viracocha the crab down here. Now we're going to the next scene. And uh, we see the crab man, Viracocha, from... Uh, the tomb in Peru, and uh, here Mary is telling us that she gave birth to Viracocha, the crab man. That they're um, one and the same. It's letting us know that they're one and the same. Jesus yeah. has been reincarnated in all these different places. That's right. I'll show you. I've got to speed this up because we're running out of time. It's fine, okay. Maurice. Now, now what we see here is, this is uh, Jesus with the uh, decoded picture here. And we notice this bright light coming from his forehead. We notice the, uh, the soul leaving the top of his head. This is Jesus dying on the cross. On his mouth here, I'll show you in a minute, we have the bat god, which is the god of death. Coming from his mouth, we have the all-seeing eye of God. We notice that his eyes are pointing in different directions. One's pointing to the right, one's pointing to the left. We see that bright light is coming out of his heart. Now, if we look at the drawing of Venus as a morning star and the evening star, Venus is known as the twin star, the twins. And now we go back to that previous scene of the crab, and we can see one twin is pointing to the morning star, and one twin is pointing to the evening star, and it's telling us about Viracocha, the crab man, a previous incarnation of uh, Jesus in Peru. So he was born many times before. Right. Just going to start again now. Okay. 
Have you got it paused or no? No. Okay. I'll just click on that because we need to go in a bit more detail. I'll oh, just pull it up for a second. So now, here I've zoomed into this bit here. So what we've got here, we've got the bat across his mouth. And if you remember, in Peru, we had the, the bat mask over uh, Viracocha Pachacamac. In his mouth, in Jesus's mouth here, we've got a pyramid of Egypt with the all-seeing eye of God inside. He's telling us that God is inside uh, Jesus. On his head, we've got the soul. We've also got the crown of thorns. We've also got two stars here, which are the morning star and the evening star as two facial moles. <laughs> and we've got the claws of the crab here. Now, this is a sketch of Janus from Ireland. And Janus had two circles on, which we didn't really understand before. But now we're told that on this statue of Janus from Ireland, it's Venus, Venus in the morning, Venus in the evening, which tells us this is a carving of Janus. And if we go for go forward a bit more, this is amazing, Maurice. It is wonderful. And the Vesica Pisces there, by the way, which is two circles, which is the mark of Jesus. Right. Now, all of the previous scenes are contained in this one. For example, the bat from Act 1, Scene 1. Remember, we had the bat god in Act 1, Scene 1. Now yeah. there's the bat god across his mouth, which takes away, takes away his breath and he can't breathe, so he dies. And everything that we've learned in Act 1, Scene 1, Act 1, Scene 2, Act 2, Scene 1, Act 2, Scene 2, that's all in this picture. Okay, I'll just pause that. Yeah. Now, I'll zoom, in, I'll zoom into this bit now. There's the original, and there's the uh, one with all the schematics on it. And uh, I'll just see if we can take this out of the way for a second. Okay. Try that. It's amazing that you can see the crown of thorns, too. It is, yeah. Okay, now there's the soul coming out the top of his head. There's the crown of thorns. There's the bright light of the third eye, the uh, a pituitary gland and the pineal. Mm -hmm. There we have one eye looking to the right, one eye looking to the left. He's telling us he's Janus, who looked to the future at the back the, of January. In his mouth here, we've got uh, the all-seeing eye of God and the bat. And here we have, coming from his heart, the, the cross of light, and here we have uh, uh, the claws of Viracocha, the crab from Peru. So this tells us he's been born many times before. Now right. I'll just move on because, as I say, it takes 16 hours to give you a full... Uh, have I lost you? I don't no, know. I'm here. I'm no, here. no, no, you're still there. Okay, just hang on a sec. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, let me get rid of that, bring this one up. So that's... Uh, That one. Okay. So I'll just bring, move that out of the way, zoom in to that now. So what we're told here, looking at the still pictures, is that Mary becomes Jesus. In other words, Mary gives birth to Jesus. Right. 
And we've looked at this one, how the bat, this is Janus again. Janus there from uh, Ireland with Venus. And this is Jesus with Venus, the morning star and the evening star. And if I zoom in, that whole thing is wonderful. It's absolutely fantastic. I've drawn it in there, but if we zoom into the original, you'll see it. It's not my imagination. Yeah, zoom in. There's the bat. Oh, There's the bat. Go oh around the bat. There, there, oh there, across. There's the pyramid. And in the middle, we have the all-seeing eye of God. Yeah, I can beautiful. see it. I can see yeah. it. That's wow. untouched. Wow. Beautiful. It's wow. a living miracle. And I call these living miracles. <sighs> there, there it is again. So we know this is Jesus. If you go into the next, okay, so that that that's basically that's the uh this tells us that Jesus is the bright and morning star. He has lived many times before, and if we remember, it was uh as Virocotcha the crab man, but he also lived as Uh, Krishna, Tutankhamun, the King of Hochdorf, the Olmec Stoneface, Buddha, Chin Shi Huangdi, all of these are the miracle makers. Now, the reason they encoded this highly scientific and spiritual knowledge into their treasures was to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands. They didn't want bad people to get to heaven. At the same time, they wanted to keep it safe for later civilization like ours to rediscover for ourselves in the next life if we didn't make it to heaven this time around. The information they left behind explains what God is, what heaven is, what hell is, why we're born, why we die, and why this has to be. And as you will soon see for yourself, Leonardo da Vinci was the reincarnation of Jesus. Now, he's come back as Lord Paykal in Mexico, and these are all of my books put together now, all one after the other, so they all tell the same old story. Isn't that amazing? Don't you just think that that's amazing that it all worked out this way? Fantastic. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, if we go back to uh, the the, The uh, Mona Lisa, I'm, I'm thinking of which, which, yeah, we want to do that. So, you're going to do the Mona Lisa last, yeah, just hang on yeah. a sec. Okay, okay. And while he's doing that, um, Maurice, they can buy this, right? The whole, oh, yeah, they can buy it off. Well, it's been banned, it's been banned by Amazon. Uh, in fact, if we could just go back and look at the books, uh, books that one, uh, what happened was after I wrote Future Science, I discovered how gravity works and uh how the soul gets to heaven and all kinds of things now this was published in 2011 and i had to self-publish it because the freemasons who run all the publishers uh once they found out what my work was about they didn't want anybody else to see it so this did very well as a book Uh, it was reprinted twice in 2011 2012 2015 now excuse me but the computer's locked on Locked on again. It's backing up again. It's going to take a few minutes again. So then in uh, Future Science explains about everything we've been talking about today, uh, what the soul is, what the body is, uh, why we're born, why we die, that we're living in hell right now. It tells us how to escape from hell. 
And the Heavenly Matchmaker, which I published in 2020, that was the first one to be banned by Amazon and banned by the Freemasons. They don't want us to know uh, that we can go to heaven because they worship the devil. And uh, the Heavenly Matchmaker is a lovely book. Again, it tells the same story as all of the other books, that uh, Viracocha was Jesus. Jesus has been here many times, and he sets down his work every time he comes in, in stone statues, paintings, uh, in all kinds of treasures, jewellery, so that we can get to heaven in the future. Now, this is another miracle maker. This is... Uh, uh, oh... I can't think of his name either. I know. <laughs> It'll come in a second. Yes. Uh, William, William Tyndale. Yes. Now, he was uh, a reincarnation of Jesus. He he died in about 1536 in England, and he was murdered by King Henry VIII. King Henry VIII was a Freemason. He didn't want us to have this knowledge. But here we see the face of William Tyndale. He's, he's creating the universe. In his left hand, he's got a model of the sun, which has got a cross on it because the cross is, it represents four magnetic fields of the sun. It's very scientific, this stuff. And they knew this because it was Jesus. Now, here we see William Tyndale blowing his breath, the solar wind, which was only discovered in about 1972 with our space program. We discovered that the sun gives off the wind and the wind blows onto the earth and creates the star signs of the zodiac. There you can see uh, Scorpio, and uh, the different star signs of the zodiac with the earth in the middle. So William Tyndale was a miracle maker. Uh, and, and as I say, they don't want you to know this stuff. I also then published uh, this year, The Secret Messiah by Leonardo. And I, I because it's frozen, I can't move now. But That's okay. um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Nancy's holding up the book there for you to see. Yeah, this is amazing, you guys. He sent me this, and um, this is something everybody needs to get and have and pass on uh, to their children. It's absolutely beautiful mm -hmm. how they did it. It's a living miracle. It is. And within um, it are all the transparencies and all the pictures. Everything he's telling you and showing you are within this. So you can see for yourself. He shows you exactly how to do what he's done. I think, Maurice, that you were meant to do this, obviously, because you wrote all these books or you wouldn't have known how to decode this today. Exactly. And it was a journey that began in 1986 with astrogenetics. Then it went on to the Mayan prophecies in 1996. And... Uh, that was the one where I had a great deal of trouble with that book because the publishers tried to steal the book off me and give it to somebody else. And it finished up like a dog's dinner. And that was the book that started the hoax of 2012. That was the book that said the world would end in 2012. Well, it wasn't going to end. It never ended. The publishers lied about that in, in the Mayan prophecies in the book. And, uh, I had to then write another book after that called the super gods, which explained, uh, who Buddha was and who Jesus was and how he, he came to earth several times to keep giving us this, this information over and over again. So it's been a long journey for me, as I say, since 1986 with astrogenetics, which uh, explained that the sun, which is worshipped as God by many ancient civilizations, uh, gives off solar radiation. The radiation travels to earth. 
It shuffles up the genes in our body. That gives us 12 types of personality, or as I say, 12 types of insanity. So there are 12 types of insanity on Earth. We have, for example, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, uh, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, uh, Scorpio, uh, Sagittarius, Aquarius, Pisces. So there's 12 types of nutty people on the Earth. And all of these types of personalities are caused by the sun, which shuffles up the genes at conception and uh, and pr provides us with 12 different types of personality. So there we have it. There we have the secret messiah. Again, it's banned by Freemasons, available on my website. Uh, there... They've tried the, the Freemasons who run Amazon, by the way. That's why Amazon banned it. No other reason. Amazon banned it because they don't want people to know you can go to heaven. Uh, it's all about devil worship. And uh, they want to keep the secrets to themselves. And it was only in about, you've got to say, well, how did this situation arrive? Well, briefly, it was in 1667 when an English writer called John Milton, who was like Shakespeare, wrote a book called uh, Paradise Lost. And in the book, he said, you know, it's too difficult to get to heaven, far too difficult. Why don't we just worship the devil and live on earth? That way we'll have all the money we want, all the women we want, all, all everything we want we can have. So there was at that time, Freemasons turned from being good people into bad people in 1667. So since then, we've had a few Freemasons who are good, the Rosicrucians still worship Jesus, but the bad ones, they control the earth, control all the money, the banks, the colleges, the university. But, uh, you know, that's another story, and that would take hours more to, to go into. Now, are you going to show us um, the Mona Lisa? Oh, yes, the Mona Lisa. Let's, let's have a look at that. So uh, now I've got to go back to... Uh, because she's the last, uh, she's act four. Scene sure. One. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and just so everybody knows, I'm going to put the links to the previous interviews that Maurice and I have done over the years. We've been doing this for a few years now, Maurice, and uh, I'll put those up. So if you'd like to see some of this other information where we discuss some of his other books, you'll be able to. The Mona Lisa. Uh, just a moment. I've got to go to the program. Okay. And I've got to find the program. Okay. Okay, there we have it. Now, the Mona Lisa here, again, we use the same decoding technique. And what we see straight away is the crab. See the crab? When we put one on top of the other, we come out with a crab. Viracocha, remember, from Peru? Right. So there, there, there's a crab. And what we see is... This is from Act 1, Scene 1, the Bat God. Remember the Bat God? Right. What we see is we've got the crab on top of the Bat God. Uh, just a moment. Bear with me. There's a lot of um, files. Yeah. Okay. So when we look back now, this uh, graphic is from Act 1, Scene 1. This graphic is from uh, Act 1, so that's Act 2, Scene 2. This is Act 1, Scene 1, where we have the blind mouse, the bat god. And 
now we get the crab on top of the bat god. So there's the crab, and the bat god is underneath, if you look closely. Uh, yeah. See? There's yeah. the straight part of that. Okay? So what this tells us is, is Viracocha, who was Jesus, okay, smothered the bat god, the god of death, and brought everlasting life. So that's what the Mona Lisa tells us, is that uh, in the Mona Lisa, that... Uh, Jesus came to earth as Viracocha, covered the bat god, who was a god of death, and he brings everlasting life. And that's the story, of course, in the Bible as well. Right. Now, I can do you more on There's another picture here, which I can't show you because it's secret and I haven't told anybody. Maurice. Yeah. I've told one or two people in the world who have written to me, but nobody else. It's a beautiful picture here. And I can't tell you because it might upset some people, but it's uh, it tells there's actually well I can't I'm not going to go into it because it's so wonderful it's a wonderful picture here. Well, why can't you tell us? Why can't you? Because tell us? Uh, it, it might upset some people because it okay. tells the truth. All this stuff is the truth, and it tells us how to get to heaven, and it tells us about the people who won't be going to heaven. So, so the reason you don't want to show it is because it tells us that there are people who aren't going to get there. Is that what you're that's saying? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So just going back to this composition of Jesus now, you can see from Madonna and the Yarnwinder of the Yarnwinder, all of the images. Don't forget, this comes from that picture once it's put on top of each other. So you put one picture there, take the mirror image, put one on top. And this is this mirror image thing. Leonardo wrote all his letters in backwards, a mirror image, and nobody knows why. He was telling us to take a mirror image, put one on top of the other, right. and then we'll come out with the secret pictures. And here's the Mona Lisa. It comes like this in the book, the transparencies, when you, if you purchase it from him. And um, you can do it yourself. Yes, you can. Put it. So that everybody can see this for themselves. I, I just want to make that clear. And also... There's a, a, a video disc, and there's a disc, it looks like that. It's a, it's a chip. I don't know if you can see, yeah, it's a chip. You can, It's a video, it goes in the back, it's in the back of the box, the, the right. video box. I'm gonna show and, it, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, in the you, box. You can, you can plug this into your USB socket and right. you can come out with all of these images and you can zoom into them all and see every single one for yourself in absolute detail, absolute detail, and there's no doubt whatsoever what you're looking at. You can see the cow and the monkey, and the cow and the monkey tells us to uh, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And you can look at the, the crab, Viracocha, the morning star and the evening star. You can zoom in and zoom in and zoom in to your heart's content. There's no hanky-panky. This is all for real. And yeah. if you want to go to heaven, it's all there. And it's wonderful. Maurice, let's uh, before we get out of here today, you know, if you just speak a little bit on why you feel that you discovered this now. Well, it's, it has, in a technological way, it had to be now, because when I had my suspicions about the Maya decoding, I had to decode the amazing lid of Palenque from the tomb of Lord Pecal in Mexico. And he was the one who lived around 700 AD. And uh, I thought it was wonderful. You know, when I first started to decode a picture, I was moved to tears 
I just couldn't believe that any living being could do these things. And of course, it was Jesus who was a miracle maker who's been back many, many times, and he wants he wants us to get to heaven, but he doesn't want to get the wrong people to heaven. So he encoded it rather than just write it down. And uh, I had to break the codes, and I couldn't break the codes until I could take a copy of the painting and then take a mirror image and then put one on top of the other. And I couldn't do that until I had a a computer and uh, a photocopying machine and transparencies. And all of those three things didn't come together until I was doing uh, another course at university in business. And uh, that was in 1982 to 85, the first color photocopier arrived. And I was then able, instead of coloring them all in by hand, which took ages, you know, months and months and months. It's right. one picture. The first picture I decoded took 10 months. Oh, my gosh. From the amazing letter Palenki. And uh, then I got quicker and quicker. The second picture took about two months. The third picture, a week. The fourth picture, four hours. And then I could do one picture every four hours. And then I had to put all the pictures on the carpet, then stare at them, try and figure, because they were plays. They were theatre productions. I then had to put which scene was which scene, which act was which act. And he only wanted the person to decode this, I'm talking about God now, was the person who understood the science of the sun. So he didn't want some you know, Joe Donut to do it. He wanted somebody who understood physics, who understood the sun, who understood magnetic fields, who understood uh, procreation, who understood uh, how uh, females menstruate, how they have an ovarian cycle, how they give birth, how they uh, produce babies, what a baby is. Uh, it, it, all of these things, all of this knowledge that we've ever learned is all contained in this. That's why I say it's, it's a living representation of the Bible. All of these, I call them transformers because they transform into many different pictures. So, as I said, the uh, heavenly matchmaker is banned because they, they banned it because they don't want you to see it at Amazon. If you go to Amazon, you, you'll see the book cover, but it says not available. Now it is available. You can buy it off my website. If you look you for the uh, put our heavenly- picture, can you put our um, put our video back so we can finish the show that way? Sure. Show yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll say goodbye, Nancy. No, no, don't say goodbye yet. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll put the video on again, and now you can look through it without all the scaffolding. Right, right, right. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you'll need you'll need a bigger computer if you want to read the writing and it's only five minutes so just watch it in peace oh you want to put that you want to put the video up for, for everybody to see right is that what you're doing yeah yeah okay well then let's okay so if anybody has any questions maurice can they email you yes i can Okay. Can I give out your email address? Yes. Okay. It's w, uh, excuse me. It's uh, well, it's, it's it's on my website. Yes. And the website okay. is www.mariescottrell.com, and it's at the bottom of the page. Okay. Okay. And is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we get out of here, and then we'll play the video? Uh, don't miss it. It's wonderful. <laughs> Maurice, I want to thank you. 
You have been a fabulous guest, a wonderful friend, and you're an amazing scientist. And thank you for giving us this information. This is life-changing for the world. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate it. Yes, I just, God bless. God bless you. Thank you. um, You guys, we're going to play this. And any words of wisdom? For us, as at this time, you know, this is a time where there's a lot of unrest and people, you know, are looking for answers. And this gives us a lot of answers. And, um, you know, is there any words of wisdom that you want to leave people? I know you believe we're in hell, right? Well, <laughs> God said, God said, love God with all your heart, with all your might and with all your strength. Jesus said, love your neighbor. What I've learned from this is love every living thing. Because every living thing is God in disguise. When the soul leaves the head, it, it reincarnates to another living thing, or it goes to heaven. So the choice is yours. You can either come back to earth again, or you can go and become one with God again in heaven. Well, I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to do the best I can. And I think uh, most people would like that. You know, Nobody wants yeah. to come back here and go through hell again, right? So right. and the, the video is on the website. You can just click on it anytime you like. Okay. Now, are you going to put the, is this the video right now? That's going? It is. It's on, it's on there now. Okay. And we're going to play it and let it go through so everybody can see it. And you guys, if you do have questions, you can go to Maurice's website. It's just so you know, his name is M-A-U-R-I-C-E and Cotterell is C-O-T-T-E-R-E-L-L. And it is dot com to see all his books and to pick this up. And I don't need, what is the cost? Can I ask? What is the cost? On well, it, it's cheap. It's only 50 quid, which is about 60 euros. Okay. But that's less than it costs to actually make. They're subsidized. So you can get it out to the world. And how long does it, once I order it from you, the turnaround is pretty quick? Within seven days, usually. Okay, you guys. And they're sold off my website. As I say, if you go to Amazon, it's been banned. They don't want you to get to heaven. And uh, have a look at the website. I'm sure you'll love it. If you're interested in gravity and all things like that, you'll be even happier. Well, Maurice, I just want to thank you again. This is um, information that really needs to be brought out. You know, it brings everybody together. I think what I see more than anything, and I'll just say this real quickly, is that, you know, you've shown us that whether you're living in Mexico, whether you're in Peru, whether you're in China, wherever you are, whatever uh, your religion is, Jesus was everywhere. Jesus was in Ireland. And he came in so many different forms so that the world would know and left his messages. Yeah, he did many times. Yeah. And that's just some amazing stuff. Well, um, anything else that you want to tell us before I let you go? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Maurice. Thank you so much. I hope you'll come back and see us again. Thanks, Nancy. God bless now.
God bless everyone. Take care. You guys, this is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity. And if you want to visit me on my website, it's nancyyourout.com. I'm going to be doing some speaking. I'll let you know what events I'm going to be at in case I'm in your city. You can come and visit me. Still do an angel reading. So if you would like an angel reading or would like to purchase one for someone, you can go to my website, nancyyourout.com. And there's a new message up there from Archangel uh, Gabriel. I've been channeling him and he's talking about Israel. And so you might want to check that out. Breeze, I will let you go. I wish you the well. I wish you well. And I hope um, you have a great rest of your day and God bless. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.